0: and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond. I've read every book in the main series. However, my co-hosts are reading the series for the first time. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Good morning. And our very sleepy producer, AJ (laughs) Feleri. Hi. And Joshua Dean, covered in cream, Baker. Mmm, no. I uh, I am mm, I'm good oh actually.
1: <laughs> I prefer when there're like vague hints to something that happened in malice and I'm actually good out here to, I don't want to <laughs> be covered in cream.
0: You know, that name comes in from Matt, so great appreciation. Nothing but love, you Matt, know. I don't know what I did to you, but I'm so sorry, I guess. <laughs>
2: i mean am not covered in cream
1: i actually really despise the feeling of lotion (laughs) i don't know if anyone else feels that way i luckily i have i have annoyingly naturally soft hands and skin Uh, annoyingly yeah like like whenever hr or any girl feels my hand they do typically ask if i lotion and i'm like no literally never okay
0: Leaving this topic to aside, I wanted to... Sh- <laughs> leaving Josh's soft hands out of it. <laughs> um, I wanted to shout out Jonas for helping us edit the script notes. I really appreciate it, you know? And then my second mm. point I wanted to do, I you know, I'm going to drop us in before we get into the show into a little emergency pronunciation nation. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: oh, no. We've gotten
0: some complaints. Well, the thing is, as we have well-established... Our pronunciations about this book are, I would say, um, uh, all over the place. <laughs> Very confused. You know, Breeze, Breeze, Bryce, you know, what's going on with Tehole? I don't know, you know, but I uh, I did see, I, you know, I don't know if we want to ascribe Steve the power to dictate enunciations, You know, that's a question that, you know, I would get into, you know, but he does for, let, let the record show he does pronounce his name Udenas. So this is how
2: have we been doing it? That's what I've been saying.
0: It. I've been saying it, Udanus. Yeah, which is, which is I've been
2: saying Udanus.
1: Udanus
0: makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, all you, you can't retroactively all be like, well, I feel how P- Steve. We feels. have all been
1: saying Udanus.
0: We
2: have been saying it. We yeah, have you're, have you it have up, been baby. saying
1: Udanus because you're a monster.
0: I don't think anyone else mind, really has. In my mind, we've all been saying Udanus. No, so. Well, no. And we were all
2: we were all saying that other thing too what i don't remember what it was well
0: you lost me on that inch <laughs> yeah i'm out and I'm out i here. swear to god once i finish reading this chapter summary if you're still playing spyro the dragon i'm gonna leave i'm this turning podcast.
3: it off
2: i'm turning it off I'm, I'm, it's off okay it's off
3: all right let's let's start let's start the fucking show wait that whole pronunciation nation was for a word only you were saying wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was more pertinent. I
0: thought thought, (laughs) when I launched this into the section, I thought it was going to be really exciting. Like, oh my gosh, I found out this big news, but I see, (laughs) you know, but um, all right. Chapter nine. On a beach, Rulad Sengar washes up. He is greeted by the blacksmith, Withal, who escorts him to meet the crippled god. The crippled god speaks then of peace, and how Hanan Mosik has betrayed him by not pursuing conquest. The crippled god then offers the sword, and ambition lights up in Rulad. This was only his first death. Amongst the Eidor, Saren speaks with Hull, and soon they see the Sengar sons returning with Rulad's body. She feels discomforted and worries what this will mean for Tomad, the warlock king, and the Eidor. Udinas, too, sees Rulad's corpse, and knows he will have to prepare the body. The slave will have to cover the body in wax and gold coins, according to the Idur tradition. The warlock king, however, is furious that Rulad has touched and still grasps the sword. He wishes to sever the hand from him, but Rulad's mother Earth forbids it. They agree to negotiate while the body thaws, and Udinas will prepare it for burial. Saren talks with Baruch about the jack and she is intrigued by Troll. They briefly speculate about the sword and Rulad. Udenas then begins to prepare the body with the other slaves, speaking of debts. Then he is left alone with wax and coins to cover the body. Troll is alone. He worries what this means for the Eater's alliance and what the warlock king wants. He still feels guilty over what happened with Rulad, and dread sets into him. Udinas has covered the front of the corpse now in hot wax and over a hundred gold coins. He then flips the corpse over and begins the back. Troll is found by his brother Fear. Mourning Rulad has begun, however, the warlock king feels as if the Sengar brothers have betrayed him. Their parents are negotiating and Binadis is being healed. Fear also feels an ominous presence and he says that he wishes that Troll is always by his side. Troll falls asleep then, consumed by his sorrow. Udenas continues his work, readying to finish when the wax cracks. The corpse's jaw opens up, and it screams. Troll is awoken by the scream. He and Fear rush to it. Fear orders Mayan to keep everyone out, and they enter to try and control the situation. Udinas is there trying to comfort the screaming Rulad, who is desperate to get the coins out of his eyes. Udinas is gentle with Rulad, and calmly helps Rulad with his eyes. The slave begins to leave, but Rulad grabs him. Troll tells Udinas to stay by Rulad's side. Rulad speaks then, and Troll is disturbed, feeling as if everything has changed. Then his parents arrive, and finally, the warlock came. So, Josh, last episode when we are discussing Rulad's death was one of the usually I'm lying to you by omission or just not talking. But like I would say I full on misled you whilst discussing the death of Rulad. But this chapter immediately picks it up and like we're on the beach. And like how quickly did you start putting things into place or how quickly did you come to understand what was maybe going on here?
1: I understood it like I wanted to understand it a little bit earlier than I did, but I did realize it was Rulad one sentence before the warlock li- or before uh, the crippled God said his name. I actually okay. messaged the group because I was like, oh, I feel so good that I got this so quickly. And then I picked the book app and then it's like the crippled God spoke roulade or whatever and i was like <laughs> fuck I, I only just got there but um i i i don't know i felt like i understood i i i fully was just like oh this really tracks like Rul- Rulad is like kind of it feels like way more suited to the cripple god than like a karsa you know what i mean mm. like karsa yeah. wants power but he wants like he really wants to earn it in a lot of ways versus roulade is like you're gonna give me what and i have to just be not cool got it done uh so i i actually think i really disliked the character of roulade because i did not find him interesting and now i find it the coolest shit in the book and i love it from i love every bit about it mm. i'm That's just gonna say right here these three chapters have really made me a fucking midnight tide stand it is it surpassed memories of ice for me and we're only halfway through Bye. yeah
0: Inja, uh, what did you, uh, Rulad washes up on the beach. How quickly did you start to understand the situation he was in and what maybe the crippled God was up to? Because I would say this is the first time we've seen this in the prologue and it's like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm here on the beach, you know?
2: I didn't realize it was him until he said it was him. I don't know how any how I how I should have. It
1: was when he said, have you killed? And I was just like, I don't know, something about that sentence made me just go like, fuck, it's Rulad. Like out loud, I said that.
0: Mm-hmm
2: powerful yeah i don't know i didn't have i just it was it was misleading you know i it was gray so i just thought it was a gray-skinned person but no all that to say i have no idea what the crippled god is up to this takes pa- place obviously like in the past yeah so i don't get what happened like what if the crippled goddess is is, is, is am i supposed to know who lulat is like in the in the now at
0: all like in like the timeline of where house of chains was is what you mean yeah uh no i don't think you have any hints about really what's
2: so then what am i i have no idea i have no idea what what, why he did that but i and i i'm not gonna bring up my questions because i hate when i do that and then we get into a topic that's three like two chapters later so i'm not gonna bring that up yet but i just thought it was very it was just really weird and strange um the conversation who, who is the who is Whittle?
0: With, with- Whittle, he's the macro sword maker who kind of made this sword that from the lad has now.
1: Oh, I didn't know he made okay. that sword. I didn't. Fuck! I, I, didn't, I didn't put I too didn't to- that either. Oh, okay. Well, hold hold the front fucking door. Now I am confused.
0: Hold on. <laughs> I mean, the prologue. He the prologue ends with him like, "I need you to make me a sword." Do yeah, you know that mean? was
1: the prologue, Peter. And since then, we've done a lot together. Okay, <laughs> oh, and <laughs> so hold on.
2: Oh. Yeah.
1: Okay. So hold on. I really thought oh. that and he's Necros, which is this the same people that baruch the pale has under him right now is that correct no that's no. different Nef- he's mekros <laughs> mekros with an m okay yeah the baruch the pale have the naric under the Nerik, that's right uh just some consonants and e's and k's and r's cool <laughs> uh so okay okay and so that was only how many years has withel been here because they really, I really felt like when they went to get the sword, I thought it was like, this sword's been here for generations. But I guess it's just been there for like a minute. I, that's okay. They
2: just left it there for the warlock. They thing. just
1: threw it down and they were like, you got to walk into the ice to get it, buddy.
3: I, AJ, you're raising your hand. Yeah, I um am very proud of myself because I, 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 usually Josh has a pretty firm grasp on stuff that's happening. And especially like reveals and whatnot. But from from word seven when he says a, a, a body naked and gray, I was like, Oh, okay. It's Rulad, uh, Ugh. like instantly. Cause I, <laughs> I and, and at that point it was just like, I, I, I guess, uh, based on nothing, um, other than Rulad was the most recent person that we had seen die. True. I, I don't know. Um, Yeah. And then um, when we're talking about the sword and stuff, I am more and more under the impression that the crippled God exists outside of time. um, That was my question. Because in the beginning, in the prologue, he's talking about how like, oh, my cough is clearing up. But like all the 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 troll or all the all the stuff that's happening in this book happens, you know, however long before the the. The other. Not,
1: not too awfully long before uh, House of Change, I think, right? I think well, we but, but, about the, but,
3: but it happens
1: before that, and we've seen
3: the crippled god That's true. In, yeah, we saw in, him the in the House books of before Chains, this, and he's, yeah. like, really bad. Like, he's rough <laughs> in, in Memories of Ice. He's not feeling good at all. Um, mm. So, I mean, unless this happens between Memories of Ice and House of Change, but I uh, I, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm more confused than I was five minutes ago. Yeah,
0: no, so I'm the, definitely the confused. The crippled god, the crippled god, has this long conversation in which he like talks about how like pieces for losers, yeah, and how like um what we it's not really that pieces crit-
3: for losers, it's that I know I was <laughs> what well, okay. no please AJ defend it's, the crippled god for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Continue.
0: No, I no, it's it's I I enjoy the exchange. I was just being a bit flip, but yeah. I was going to ask more about to, I wanted to focus on Roulade in that scene and Inge. so when Roulade is there and like takes up this sword and like I think the phrase like it is is something like lights up with ambition or ambition fires within or something
2: he's so stupid
0: Yeah what how did you feel about this Um like were you surprised that he was like in on it in in no, in for I, it like, I should say
2: Yeah no I wasn't um he's he... <sighs> Just to see like how it starts there and then when we get to him like screaming and then how he is in the end. It's just like this, this tracks this very, because he is such a freaking baby and he just like, he's just, he'll do anything for power and what he, I guess, sees as loyalty and respect because he's just a baby and I hate him so much. I hate him so much. I'm so annoyed at his character. Mm. It does make sense. I don't get, however, what what is going to come from like be, he, the crippled god is like low key pissed that the warlock king didn't want to be all like you know in like, war. The, so yeah, the warlock like, hmm.
0: king wasn't setting out for conquest, right? Mm-hmm.
2: So he's like, well, how he knew that Rulad was going to be so down, or if he did, he not like. I just don't understand. Was this intentional then? Or did it just, like, is this, like, by happy circumstance, Rulad got it and also turned out to be, you know, a little sociopath?
1: Maybe he's just making the best of a bad situation. Like, maybe he did want Hanan Mosak to get it, but, like, since it ended up in Rulad's hands, he's like, well, this dude's fucking an an idiot anyway. I can kind of, I can use
3: this.
2: Yeah, you'd have to have, like, some incredible foresight to (laughs) to expect...
3: That, that, Go ahead, that, I was gonna say, that could speak more to him living outside time if he could see everything and he's like, ah, I know this person will be good for me. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but,
2: yeah, but also, where are they? And also, if he, his body came up there, so he has a second body now where he could talk to the warlock king well, I which, think, in a
1: body?
3: Well, I, that I, I was think this is me. another.
2: Or was it a dream? Yes, yeah,
3: because I, was gonna was say, I end, think like, this is another uh, like yeah. Udanash dream situation where he has like a like he he gets hurt here, but Which then wakes the up fuck. and is like, oh now, my wait. body.
1: Now wait, that's confused. <laughs> now this is confusing though because Withel's there and Withel's made a sword that is in the real world. So like how? Yeah. The f- so like Whithell seems to be pretty like alive yeah. there. How is Rulad?
3: <sighs> also, I I, ju- I just looked it up. That seems the, like the some bullshit. Bur- <laughs> Um, we begin Memories of Ice in 1164, and the Crippled God is still doing pretty bad at the end of, of 1164. And then in mem- uh, Midnight Tides, Withel washes up on shore in 1159. So... I have
1: heard people say, "I don't know." I feel like Peter said before that sometimes. Yeah, there are the timeline years... inconsistencies,
3: yeah. and I don't know if this is one of them. Did
2: he wash up on shore because he died?
3: Yeah. Yes, presumably. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, the Crippled would God wouldn't died. let him wouldn't let him pass on. Yeah. Hmm.
0: So I want to drag our conversation back to the chapter, um, and leave some of these metaphysical questions there.
2: Um, Got any answers, PB? I
0: have, I have more answers than you have. I don't have all them, <laughs> but, so, but I feel like I'd rather just leave that be. So we come back and, uh, you know, we come to a short scene with Saren, she's talking about, um, kind of. You know, she sees the Sengard brothers return. And AJ, I wonder how you felt about this Saren stuff, because she has two brief scenes. But for me, I think the way this chapter opens and the way it's structured, all building to the ending with Rolad kind of awaking it is I think this is such a fantastic chapter and it's so powerful. And I think starting from this first scene, it kind of sets a it kind of lights a fuse and we kind of know through, I and it was tough to, I didn't know if this was something I knew as a, uh, as a rereader in a way that I felt like this whole chapter, I was kind of waiting for the bomb to go off. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially in these Saren scenes and, you know, later when Udanis is there and just slowly preparing all these things. So I wonder during these Saren conversations, what you were thinking and if you too
3: felt a sense of, impending dread. Yeah, I definitely felt a... Yeah, an impending... I don't know if it was dread, but definitely an, an impending something because we still don't know really how the conversation with uh, the Warlock King and Hull and Burke went, you know, yeah. like specifically, like uh, the implications of that have not made themselves known. And I don't even know if by the end of this section of the book, if if we really figure it out because circumstances change. But I was definitely like kind of waiting for something to happen like in the, in the Saren sections and whatnot. Um, but definitely not, <laughs> definitely not what does happen. I was super caught off guard by that. Yeah. Cause the, in my mind, the Udenas parts, I know you were asking about Saren and I'm kind of skipping ahead, but the Udenas parts kind of, uh, were like little reprieves in this chapter of like, we would do something else and then we'd go back to Udnas with the coins and the wax. And then we would do something else and then we'd go back to Udnas with the coins and the wax. Um, And it was like kind of meditative and like seeing, like we already know this process, right? Um, But seeing it, just seeing the care that goes into it and the fact that he has to be doing it by himself. I don't know. It just, there was something very kind of meditative about it, which made that the reveal uh, even more horrible for me. But uh, I do really enjoy these these Saren sections um, in this chapter because I think I said it in the Discord. She is so, like, uh, inside and outside of everything at the same time that she is able mm-hmm. to kind of take everything in in it, an objective kind of lens, um, in a way. Like, she doesn't really have a stake either way. Like, she is with Beruk and Hull and stuff, but, like, you know, she, she doesn't really have... Her, her her position as an acquitter seems kind of just like to be an observer and to not really do anything. Am I am I reading that right? Yeah, that's basically what I would say. Yeah. Fair. So so mm-hmm. I I just really enjoy. I I, I think it's a, a it's a point of view kind of like Duiker, where she's just mm-hmm. kind of observing everything that's going on and it's it's very interesting.
0: It's an interesting conversation. Uh, interesting comparison. Inge, uh, you look a little skeptical.
2: No, I'm not. Ser- her part um Saren boards me. At this point, really. Before I was like kind of interested in it, but now every time I get to her part, it's just like it is like so much more of an observer role. And when it's when she's observing, she's also like taking note of like all of the landscape around her, which bothers (laughs) me. I hate you know how I feel about a lot of adjectives. So,
0: well, let me ask you this then, because AJ made this interesting comparison. Obviously, from my memory, You were not a particularly big Duker fan, Duker for the same reason as like he was spending a lot of time kind of observing and his point of view is a lot about how these events were being reflected through this character's perspective. So what do you think about that approach leaves you out in the cold?
2: Um, because for those kinds of like, I guess, point of views, I'm just kind of like, what's the what's the point? I know there's a point. Don't get me wrong. I guess there's a point ish. It is a book. <laughs> but like it doesn't do it for me cuz like whatever you're picking up on when you read that, you can just really be certain that I'm not. So I just don't like get it. Like in the last few chapters I feel like what she what, what she was observing was like interesting because it was enhancing the story, but in this part and like I just feel like it's she doesn't I'm not learning anything. I'm just reading filler. Is what it feels
0: like. Oh man, that's so interesting. Yeah, I guess I'm going to speak a little mo- more about my love for Sarin, but I mentioned she's probably my favorite character in the book. So it's very interesting to hear you're kind of bouncing off her in a bit, Inge. Um, I really
2: liked her in the last chapter. It's just I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know about this one. I was bored.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I listen. She's not the thrust of this chapter at all, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And I want to get to the thrust of this chapter, which AJ kind of mentioned. I actually feel like the thrust of this chapter, in a way, is kind of Udenas, who I really am so struggling you're to get used hey, to. Hey, you're trying, I'm man. Really, really trying. I'm it's really trying. um But Udenas is, the he- is nope. kind of... I, there's a lot of weight on his part in the story, but I, I don't want to quite get there yet. Rather, I want to talk about Troll, who I think is such a counterpoint, right? I think, AJ, maybe what you were getting at is... Those Udana sections are kind of meditative because they're about process and they're kind of about something physical as opposed to troll sections, which, as we were kind of talking about, really, he is becoming like sad. yeah, the the, the the sadness has begun, you know. If we were at like cranked up to eleven in House of Chains, we are like the dial is really
3: starting yeah. to turn up, you yeah. know? There, there's yeah. a there's a part in, in in this one of the Saren I think it's might be the first Saren section that says she was always drawn to the hurting ones, and I just in my notes I just wrote same.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So Josh, what did you make of these troll sections and, and what do you think of his kind of obviously I I think he's obviously blaming himself for all this in a way, right? It's tough because
1: when I read something like this, I I always pull for like this person you know being able to convey these thoughts and emotions in a way that like makes others listen to them rather than coming across as insufferable and the problem is i know that he comes across as insufferable and no one listens to him and then he gets uh disavowed by his family and everyone he's ever known and then left for dead and uh so they really just has this overbearing sense of what's the fucking point while i read it
0: and I will say, team. I do agree. He does not articulate his emotions well to his, to to people in the book. You know, yeah. AJ, how are you feeling about these sections with troll?
3: I mean, they're great. I'm, I mean, no, <laughs> I, 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 I agree. I think um he's not very good at expressing himself. And he is just a sad, sad boy. Uh, you say he's blaming himself. I, I think that is partly what's happening. It's, you know, where, where he's just dealing with 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 grief. You know, a thing that Steve is very good at writing about. So I agree about that. Yeah.
0: So to leave troll aside, because although we have these heavy sections of it, I think the reason I really, grab onto the Udana section as kind of the, the central part of this chapter is because there's kind of a build, it, it is building, right? And there's mm-hmm. like, it's it's building on what happened in the scene before and we see him kind like of... Like the wax. Yes, we see him go through this whole process. That was great. And uh, obviously <laughs> it eventually leads to this kind of climactic scene where the corpse screams and comes alive and then everyone kind of rushes to it. In India, I wanted to come to you and just what did you make of Rulad coming back like this?
2: Well... Yes, I want. I'm gonna. T- I will say something about that. But I also feel like the whole process of them showing how you prepare the body, also just for the moment when he comes back to life, is like you really can understand how truly painful yeah. that yeah. must be. Just reading about how it, and then when they're talking about like, oh well, you could, you might accidentally, if you do this wrong, Pop
3: their eyes, burst the yeah. eyes, <laughs> like. It was so and like brutal. it's
2: just so so graphic of how like oh yeah so the wax fuses to the skin and then the coins like whatever. So when I read that you hear screaming I'm like oh it just didn't register with me because I was like no he's no he's dead but he's like somewhere else but then when it is him it was like I thought of it as really horrifying more so than sad. Mm. Um I was just cuz the thought of it seemed so like insanely painful and gross to me more so than upsetting when i mentioned when aj mentioned it in our chat as sad i was like oh yeah that is sad (laughs) (laughs) but it was more so like a secondary thought to me um and i it, it is sad but now i have a hard time feeling bad again um
0: I mean, I majorly agree there's a big body horror element to it. And I think what you're touching on is dead on because it's building to give you a lot of information. And later when it's talking about how this is affecting Rulad later in later on in Chapter 11, I think it's like really important for you to understand physically how the character, like what his physical state is, you know? Um, I
2: even like Googled it to see what it looked like. Oh, God. Because I was...
0: First off, <laughs> be careful of Google and I've told you, but it looks bad. No, Pe- I know. People draw some, you know, seems yeah, bad, some
2: colorful pictures. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> AJ, obviously, um, you you kind of uh, I'm sure you thought it was horrific in some way, but obviously you felt like it was uh, I don't know. Speak to what you thought of this part.
3: Yeah, um, I definitely would say it is like horrifying to think about and like gross and terrible. Um, <laughs> but I think just reading about uh Udinas is like the the equal care that Udinas is putting into this screaming man as he was putting into like, you know, the the ceremony of Rulad's preparing Rulad's corpse, you know? It's it, it's just it was felt really like tender to me. Yeah. Um and I even do think it's caring. Yeah. yeah. and I think I'm I'm looking for there was there's one specific line where they say Udinas grabs like holds uh, Rulad like a mother, yeah. And just his like head
2: in his lap,
3: yeah. Uh it, It's just it, it's just so I don't know. It, it's just really heavy, you know. Um And somebody I said that on the Discord, and somebody said yeah because of the coins. <laughs> 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 but, oh, um, got him. But no, it just it just really really hit me just how you know, hor- horrific this entire thing was to witness for for Troll, because I think in that moment we're in Troll's POV, oh. and to, like, see, you know, his dead brother, his brother who is in pain to to just be cared for in this way, uh, and just, like, the descriptions of, of Udenas, like, constantly, you know, whispering, you know, whatever he's whispering to, like, try and calm Rulad down, oh, wow. and, like, even when he, when he takes the, the dagger and pops the first... A coin off his eye it's as he like puts his fingers on his eyelids to like you know tell him like hey don't not yet but like we're you know we're gonna get through this it's gonna be okay it's all gonna be fine but you, you just need to like calm down it's it's just so it's tough was anyone know. else really
1: was anyone else really hoping when he like got when he went over to like take care of the eyes was anyone else really hoping he was just gonna just stab him in the throat and kind of put him out of his misery fuck cuz I was like <laughs> I was just like that'd be a fucking move, in us
2: <laughs> I was not thinking that
3: yeah, no, it did not cross my mind. All right, well, just you
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
0: Well, listen, I'm excited to talk more about Rulad, especially in Chapter 11, which, of course, he features such a large part in. Oh, but yes, I think we should keep the chap the keep the show moving and uh, thank people of back to some Patreon and then talk about Chapter 10. So, yeah, baby, India, can you thank our lovely, lovely people?
2: Absolutely, I can. A very warm and gentle and loving thank you. To Joaquim, Fiona, Whitney, and Alex. We love you so much.
3: Thank you all so very much. Um, Like we say every week, and like I say at the end of every episode, we will never be able to say thank you enough. So showing this small bit of gratitude on the show is is the least we could do.
0: All right, let's keep the show moving. Who wants to read chapter 10? Not me. I got it. I got it. Not me. I got it. I got it. (laughs) Chapter 10.
1: Ublala Pung is unhappy with being used. Tehol does not entertain this. Tehol and Bug go out to find Shirk, who has taken up residence at a brothel. They find her, and the matron of the brothel wants her out. Tehol suggests perhaps Ubala Pung can help satiate the newly revitalized Shirk Galal. Shirk says she will meet up with them later, and Teho goes to the Azath house, and speaks with Kettle. Kettle thinks about her undeath, and then talks about the tower. She says someone in the ground will help them when he gets free, but that there are bad ones under the ground as well. Bad ones who would destroy them all. Before Teho leaves, Kettle asks him if he dreams of dragons. In the palace, the queen's consort Turadol Brizad watches Bryce. Bryce thinks on Blue Rose and Kalans, kingdoms that once threatened Lether. Rizad then invites Bryce to speak with the Chancellor, and Bryce remains intrigued by the consort's figure. Bryce then speaks with the Sita about his experiments in the Queen's consort. Bryce remains uneasy about this feud in the court. The First Sword goes then to speak with the Chancellor, and together they discuss the military strength and the Bedek brothers. Rice leaves feeling unclever and plans to seek out Taeho. Shirk comes to the rooftop and meets with Ublala. Together they speak about the depth of the canal. They wonder how all the bodies are filling the canal, and they plan for Ublala to create a diversion. Rice comes to Taeho's roof and consults with his brother. They speak about the feud between the king's allies and the queens. Tehul says that his brother is part of a game whether he likes it or not. They then speak of Hole, believing he may die soon, and Bryce says he would avenge him. Finally, they discuss the differences between the three brothers. After Ublala creates a distraction, Shirk infiltrates Garen Eberic's estate. Inside Eberick's quarters, Shirk finds another dead man, Harless Everett Garen's brother, who was killed by Garen and reanimated. Shirk allies with Harlist and they collect papers and briefly discuss Garen Everett. They flee together. At the Azath, Kettle is feeding on another body. She hopes Tehul visits again soon and that he can help them. The Azath Tower is dead.
0: It's such an interesting tonal shift that happens here, and I think even though it—I don't know—it sounds like it shouldn't work, but I actually don't find it that jarring. It goes from like such a serious scene at the Heroth tribe, you know, to like smash cut to the hijinks of Tehol and Leather, you know. And Tehol's here, and he's talking to Ubalapung in a conversation I found uh, distasteful, but. You know, they set out this plan to, to find Shirk Alal, and then they go out, meet Shirk. You know, she's going to infiltrate this thing, and uh, it's, you know, the first stretch of Tehull's thing. So what did you make of uh, some of these hijinks in the prep-up to the infiltration of Garen estate? So
1: I I think that every, this section, perfect in in a, a really terrible, twisted <clears throat> way, is a really great example of steve's ability to give us completely innocuous information and then all of a sudden it's all very very important that it was all there and tell me what you mean well what i mean is you get a pung, and we think it's just funny that he's got a a big old dong and we think that there's really not going to be much more to that other than like he's got a big penis and he can use it and then you know, X amount of time later, you meet Shirk, and it's like she's undead, but we implanted this thing in her, and she desperately craves sex all the time. Um, and that is going to get in the way. And then, but it's so far removed from Ubala Pung that you're just kind of like, that is a shame. And then it's like, oh. Now we're here, and of course those two are a perfect pair, but also the pair is not about them fucking, which immediately I was just like, is this going to be some weird B-plot of them having a... And it's like, no, actually it gets them together to be the perfect heist team. That is absolutely... Mm. There is no other pair that is going to pull this plan off other than these two completely unrelated individuals. And it really got me. I just... And also, it's all based on a... Just the the dumbness of, like, their sexual parts. I don't know. I just absolutely find it insane that those all these things uh, connect. And also, what also connects them? They both went through the thingy, uh, you know, where they have to go through the water. What's it called? Yeah. Oh. Is it called the drowning? the drowning? I think it's called yeah, The Drowning. They both went yeah. through that, and that sets up a sea plot, which I think actually is the thing I am most interested in this book, is this weird sea plot of there being way too many bodies, and now people are asking all these questions and i i'm like well wh- how does you know where is this going to come from Where like what what's it going to lead to is garen ebert been killing hella more people than we thought or is someone else in the city just killing tons and tons of poor and indebted people i i, I love it mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's so many hijinks in this city that all build off of just completely random shit and i love it
0: india what do you think uh of this kind of I don't know sex comedy element of it. I don't know. Right. I, that sounds like, uh, I uh, I don't know how to uh, describe you know, it. It, but it is pretty you, much sex comedy. I think you got it.
2: Um, I think it. I think it's funny. I think it does what it it's intended to do. Um, when I start, I thought this chapter <clears throat> was really, really yes. It, I really liked this chapter. I think this is yes. my favorite. Really? This, uh, is, this is this is this is the chapter that I was
1: just like, this book's the best. And then next, oh and then next chapter God. really brought me to that level. Really,
0: so. Okay, keep going, Inge. No. Tell me, tell me.
2: No, I, I I, thought it was just the most entertaining. I really, 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 really enjoy um, Taeho and Bug. I, I think that they are hilarious. And the last chapter was, like, really good. It was great. But this chapter, just it, the comedic elements of it are just so funny. So... Like, I thought it was funny that the big giant man yeah, was yeah. very upset because he wanted to be looked at as more than a piece of meat. I thought that was funny. Oh, my God. We didn't even oh, um, Sorry, keep going. And tail was like, oh, you're upset because they don't like want to cuddle. After. And, like, <laughs> and well, tail yeah. like, you're living my dream.
1: Adorable. Uh, I, I agree. I think it's funny. I also, we don't even, we even talk about how, like, uh, uh, Shirk just, like, rolls up into, like, the most famous brothel to exist in this part of the world and just takes it over. And no one can stop her.
2: <laughs> that, too. Like, I, and the whole point that the whole fact yeah. that she even <laughs> ends up there is, like, well, that makes sense. Of course, like, why wouldn't she? So I, I don't know. I really, I thought it was funny. I thought the conversation between, I, I don't know if it was the person who, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah it was or the matron. Whoever with, yeah, and Teoh was funny um, when he was like, "Oh, I'm her father." And she was <laughs> yeah. like, "What?" I don't know. I thought it was. Um, I really liked it, and I'm enjoying like not having any idea what teho is really doing. I really, I like the conversation between him and Bryce Bryce.
3: <laughs> All um, of the above.
2: So yeah, I thought this chapter was. It was in a like a, a solid A plus in my book.
3: Mm.
0: This is very i'm blown away by all this i'm so so with india on this we are really vibing i'm surprised in two ways first kind of minor one i mentioned my distaste and i think sometimes some of steve's writing around men having sex i think can reinforce harmful ideas about men's sexuality Hmm. but much more surprising than that is that I think the other two Eater chapters are just, like, gangbusters, 10 out of 10, like, I don't know, I just, like, masterpiece shit, do you know what I mean? Like, I just can't... Yeah. It's just, like, mind-blowing shit, so the idea that this chapter, which is, like, fun and all, do you know what um, I mean? It's like, I had a good time, you know, blah, blah, you know, it's like... Steve is funny. This is well-documented. I think Steve can write humor, do you know what I mean? But, like, I don't know, man. So I guess I'm just so shocked, and I'm shocked that you guys prefer Lether to Eater, the Eater at all. You know, this is a bewildering thing to me.
1: I just think it's it's such an incredibly good and well-timed tonal shift, you know what I mean? Like, Mm. he could easily have made chapter... He could have switched chapters 11 and 10, you know what I mean? And it would have kept us in the action of the Eater, but I just think, like the decision to be like yeah you fucking wait right there all right yeah we'll come back don't worry but first let's do some funny shit like i just think that's and such that, a bold choice and i love it
0: i think it's really masterful and obviously steve mm-hmm. pulls it off with a plum in a way i can't really understand i didn't wait, that, wait, like, wait, 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 wait i
1: think where do, where do you put a plum
0: Uh, and it goes it goes dead on uh, josh i think you're right in that it goes straight like nine and eleven are one whole story really yeah right but then smack dab in the middle is teho being teho and like bryce it just like but it doesn't take away from it and if anything i think it heightens it and makes it even better do you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fucking fucking yeah. this book fucking rules that's yeah. my opinion we haven't gotten to it but i yeah. really fucking like this book guys so
1: i didn't i did not know going into this that midnight tides would be fucking hitting like it does but
0: oh it's different it do be
2: it is different I we
1: can have agree. some
0: bigger picture thoughts at the end because we're about halfway through now right but, um, we really got derailed. We were really just talking about this opening part. So I'm going to come to, I'm going to come to India. So Bryce is, uh, Bryce is in oh. the, do you want me to come to Asia?
2: <laughs> no, okay. I'm fine with it. I might. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce
0: is in the court. He talks with, uh, the CETA, and and, and we're, he's talking about the politics of the court, and he's like, man, it seems like everyone's got all these schemes, and he talks, he's like training, and then he talks with the Queen's consort, and um, I, I wonder what you m- more think about, he talks to tell later about it, about Bryce's ability as a politician and to work within this court, and I wonder how you're feeling about Bryce overall.
2: I like Bryce, um, Breece Bryce. I think he doesn't feel like playing these, um, these, these games that you have to play in the type of position that he's in and i really i liked tailholz's um advice to just like don't say anything because if you don't say anything you'll appear to be the smartest and like you're just kind of you know taking in everything but not giving giving away anything and i think that he kind of tail kind of like does that but just more with divert like diverting things to be funny like he'll somebody will ask him a question and he'll respond to something completely unrelated. And it just kind of, you know, he can keep all of his thoughts, but give away nothing and and hear other people's thoughts and still be able to put pieces together. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But you know, like, I think that Bryce is just, you know, he just wants to be a good, he just wants to do his job and like, live a live a simple life. But in a position like that, you know, you got to play the game. So I don't know. I I don't really understand his point that much in the story at all. He's definitely not my favorite character in any part that has to do with him. I don't find to be necessarily interesting yet, but it's again, I don't know the the bigger story of what his purpose is. So maybe eventually I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was
0: cool. I think it's interesting. I think in some ways Bryce is the most well-rounded or most realistic Beddock brother. Do you mean he's like... I don't know. I, don't, yeah. I
2: disagree I completely I that. with that statement. I think that what? he is so naive.
0: Okay, but that doesn't mean he's not well round. Like, real, yes, it well, does. Okay. You
2: can't be well rounded and have no idea how to play the game. I feel like I feel like it's a very. I mean, well rounded. Uh, I like mean, well
0: rounded as a character, not as a person. You know, I think like when I think about the Bedik brothers, he's the one who most seems like just like kind of I don't know. I believe him the most. You know, he feels yeah. like a human. Mm-hmm. Being. Yeah, he's like down to earth. <laughs> yeah, he's like yeah. A, yeah not a character. He's flesh and blood to me, you know? Yeah. As opposed to Tailhole, which feel- is like obviously so much part of his character is performance. Do you mean as a performer, as a character, you know? Anyway... So, uh, you know, afterwards, Bryce, um, mm, yeah, let's do that now. Afterwards, (laughs) afterwards, Bryce goes to meet with his brother again, and, uh, they have a conversation about Hole and some other things, and, uh, what did you make of this, our second conversation on the roof between the Beddock brothers, AJ?
3: Um, uh, sorry, I'm just refreshing myself on what they talk about.
0: Yeah, he's like, I, can't, I don't know how to... Yeah. What's the politics like? What's happening with Hull? Yeah, I'm g- how do I
3: do it? Of, of all the conversations that <laughs> Breeze has had and Hull has had, this one was the least remarkable for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, it was just like nothing super... I, I, I don't know. I just wasn't super engaged by it. Like, none of the Breeze stuff that was happening... I was, I was really engaged by, which was kind of upsetting for me because uh, up until, you know, up until this chapter, I was really on the Breeze train, but reading these reading these sections he was in in this chapter, I was just not, it was just not clicking for me. Um, mm-hmm. Well,
2: I just have a question about why, who wanted Breeze to go find out information and do we know what the, like, why he wanted him to fit? Was that him Tay-Hole asking him to find out information?
0: Find out what information?
2: The, he was like, can you go, I don't, he asked him to go to the, the wherever he was. Where was he initially when he like the I don't know if it's uh,
3: I'm it really lost, bro. Are you talking about when he was talking to Garen Ebricht and, and yeah, and the, he was he was asking him to help.
2: Yeah. To find out information, to hear what like just to listen to what he can find out somewhere. Did I make that up? I didn't make that. I know I didn't make that. up. I think I that might out.
3: have been Garen Ebricht, but that was a while ago. Or you, no, it when was he's in talking about to oh. the consort. To... Was yeah the Queen's consort then? I'll, I'll get my book all that stuff also kind of just like flowed no phone, right yeah. by me I did not engage at all with any of with any of the bright stuff in the right. or, well yeah, let me, salve, the stuff let me, in me say chapter. something and we can salvage this
0: <laughs> I'm a little surprised to hear you bounced off it AJ um I really Sorry. I really liked this section um and it includes like a quote I actually think about all the time um the two brothers are talking about the differences between them and uh they're just musing on how they ended up different although they're you know all brothers and the line is three stones in a stream all subjugated to the same rushing water yet each shaped differently depending upon its nature
3: yeah i thought that was i thought that was neat and then tell says like breeze is one type hall is another type and then tell is kind of a mixture mm-hmm. of both i don't know i thought that was interesting but like uh, I, I don't know man i just i just didn't get a lot out of it so mm.
0: well this brings us kind of the ending part of it, and uh, this, Josh, is what you were mentioning. Shirk and Obala kind of set out on this heist, and they go inside, and what's that? Garen's brother's dead, and he wants sharp teeth, and, you know, they kind of loot the place and then escape. <laughs> he and wants sharp teeth is such a good bit. It's so fucking funny. It's so yeah. fucking funny. Um, what did you make of this whole section, Josh?
1: I thought it was, uh, like, a highlight of the series is just this, like... Just, like, her being so detached and, like,
0: four guards there,
1: seven there. I need a big diversion. And then Ooblala just, like, boom, boom. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> grabbing two dudes or whatever, and just like you know, yeeting them across the lawn, and then being like, "I'm not mean to anyone," <laughs> and then running away. It's really good. Like his whole motivation is, she said, "You know, they said you were, they didn't like you." He's <laughs> like, "Wait, why?" I, was I, was like, I don't know.
3: It's like, "Oh man," <laughs> <laughs> and
1: and then they're just, I don't know, her sneaking in. It's like the silliness of. That dude, like in the servant's quarter, being kind of like, I think something's wrong and I'm going to do something about it. And her being like, I'm going to fuck you into submission, which, again, we touched on in some ways not great, but also in completely not what I thought she would do. I really thought she was going to murder him, Uh, but then uses that to kind of wait a bit and then sneaking up and finding the dead brother. Just all of these. Dull, I don't know. It, I love it. I, I, I think it's the silliest shit. It's great for me.
2: I liked it, too. I
1: Thank thought you. it was
2: funny. I really liked um, the, when they were just starting, and she was like, well, I bet you can't jump. You definitely can't jump across this roof. And he was like, <laughs> and then the, yeah, I can.
3: And then the beginning of, of, that, and the beginning of that next section with Breeze is like, hey, what's going on down there? It was like, it was, yeah, it was like an he fell through a roof.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, why did you do that? And he was like, uh, a dare. I, I thought that was... Yeah. <laughs> I just think that those little parts are so funny yeah. and mm-hmm. I just I really I think that's why I enjoyed this chapter it was just a, a complete it was just a whole a whole laugh Man, and I just like oh I loved it I,
0: I um, fully agree and it's hard to talk about like I don't know how I host a part of this like I don't know how I question you to talk about it or like have an interesting conversation about it but like I agree it's it's funny you know And it's funny, Mm -hmm. I think me and AJ were talking about with some of the Willful Child books, which I think are pretty funny, you know, and I just don't know how to say anything meaningful besides I think Teho is funny when he talks to Buck, you know i think you'll
2: want... i mean there's not much more to say about it I it's guess. like oh
0: steve you did I a good put... job with it they're funny they say mm-hmm. the nice words together and i'm like look at you <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know yeah. i do that too It's um,
2: a good belly laugh every now and
0: again i don't know about you guys though um, i always feel particularly insane when i'm laughing at a book when i'm just like fully alone yes. and i'm just like <laughs> i am like, like, feel like i'm <laughs> losing my mind you know
3: yeah
2: no no it's like wow i'm so intellectual i'm laughing at a book <laughs> yeah.
3: it's because it's almost like you told the joke to yourself You're exactly like, oh, get it. yeah <laughs> that's so
0: true <laughs> and i and i usually feel extra impressed at the author because i'm like this yes. seems like a high bar to get me to laugh alone and at a book do you know I mean but like
2: yeah, I yes, agree. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, well,
3: so much of comedy is like, you know, timing and inflection and all this stuff. And like for for someone to be able to get all that through in just, you know, a few words. Is, and is and wild. the
0: reader in books controls their own timing about when things right. come when. Yeah, so yeah. it really it's, um you know, I don't know. But it's such rapid fire dialogue, dialogue and it's just great banter, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. Quickly, before we move on, I have a question about the dead brother who's alive. Yeah. Yeah. And, town, Harlan? and what the hell
1: this is yeah. the same way shirk is and we are being India. yeah there is like some like there is just this whole not like a number of unimportant things that are suddenly about to be very important at some point in this book i don't know like uh garen ebrook there there's definitely like we definitely feel like we know about him enough and i feel like there's going to be some gigantic reveals especially pertaining to like how he had money before he got his pardon because that's like now the big question is like what was the favor he called in to get this to get his brother reanimated you know what i mean and does that go in with like like i don't know i feel like Garrett edbrecht might be having like he might owe his basically life to somebody and is just murdering all those people and putting him in the river i don't know i feel like we're gonna eventually get some pretty crazy fucking reveal with that mm. but we don't know anything yet
2: who killed the brother Garen. Th- no. Okay, that's what I thought. Pushed him he off. He of, that killed that his brother. The chapter.
1: Yeah, like right? pushed him he, off the roof. He killed his brother.
2: Yeah. Yes yes, yes. 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 Because they were yeah. like, oh, he, he, I either this.
3: or yeah. I fell down the steps, or, the or I got pushed off the roof. Yeah. 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 Um.
2: And then wait, wait, wait. Peter, are you leaving this chapter? No okay okay good because we didn't talk about kettle
3: exactly sorry about it bring that to you inch kettle i did, I did just want to deep. say one thing i really loved about this section uh on top of the uh... can i before you do can i just reinforce <laughs> how fucking funny it is harlan eric wants
0: the teeth you know yeah. the yeah. teasing <laughs> is so fucking funny <laughs>
3: Uh, he's because he's even just like, oh, I want to be beautiful and smell good. But also, can they get me sharp teeth? <laughs>
0: can I get the sharpie teeth? She's like, wait, why do you want cool. sharp teeth? He's like,
3: oh, well, I want to be, I want to be threatening. She's like, well, why don't you just stay? Why, why don't you just stay dead? <laughs> It's very good. She's so funny. Um, but one thing I really love, on top of that, and on top of Shirk not being able to fully hear what Ublala is saying while he's att- attacking yeah. people, uh, she goes past a statue of Garen Ebricht and carves a mustache into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like so. It's just so good. It's so goofy. It's so much fun. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to,
2: Seems like, we all love this chapter. Yeah, the
3: best. It's a good chapter. I would not, I definitely, <laughs> I'm on Peter's, uh, in Peter's boat where nine and 11 are like gangbusters, crazy shit. Uh, and 10 is just fun mm-hmm. to read. Um, yeah, like nine is really kind of what kind of created this book ahead of everything else for me, Josh. Uh, okay. Not this one so much, <laughs> but
0: be- that's fair. But before we move on and speaking of Harlan and the undead, it, it, I would be remiss not to mention the, the chapter ends at the asset tower with kettle And her thinking about the state of the tower itself. So, India, what do you make of Kettle and what's going on?
2: I don't know what I make of Kettle. I think this is... Kettle is so... I feel like what Josh is saying, where it's like, you know, something crazy is going to happen, but you just don't know yet. I just feel like Kettle is going to be in the center of all of it. I don't Mm -hmm. know why. I also feel really bad for Kettle when she asks to call tae her dad. Mm. That was sad. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, and that she wanted, like, brothers and sisters. Yeah. And who the hell is talking to her? I don't know. Do you guys know? It's
1: the tower, no. baby. I mean, Peter does, but I do know. Whoever the good Whoever the good man is, there's
2: a good one. Yeah, he's I thought they were all and I was like,
1: I don't fucking trust the good one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't
2: really trust the good one, Kettle. Um, I don't. But, yeah, I mean, I don't... I have no idea at all i have no idea what's going on with that ta- with the azath how- tower mm. old house no idea what? i wish i did i still don't even understand the concept of it to be honest mm. so that's where i am well
3: it doesn't matter that. anymore because it's dead
2: <laughs> but is it
3: whatever, I, whatever the fuck that means
2: i just want to know what the fuck is going to happen with that house so bad <laughs> so bad Who's coming?
0: What's happening? Who's getting out of the ground? Yeah, I thought I had. Are they all coming out of the ground? I thought I had a grass spot. Steve's building the bass, babe. We're
3: not yet. All right, let's keep the show moving. Just waiting for that bass drop. That six Skrillex bass drop. Chapter 11. Udinas looks out over the water, thinking of Rulad and the sword. He waits outside of the citadel, where all the Eater have gathered. Buruk and Saren wait as well. Buruk suggests the Warlock King should just kill Rulad, and Saren wonders where Hull went. Inside the citadel, all the Eater have gathered. Tomad and the Warlock King have debated and come to a conclusion. Rulad must surrender the sword. Rulad refuses to, saying that he was given the sword and that they are ruled by the one who gave it. That the Warlock King had made a pact and plans to betray. Rulad calls the Warlock King to kneel. He asks Saul to kneel as he promises to give the Eater an empire. Troll watches in shock as many Eater do, including his brother Fear and then the Warlock King. Udinas wades into the water, pondering his own life. He turns back and his friend Hulad tells him Featherwitch could not cast the tiles. The holds were closed. Together they see the Lethry delegation arriving. The delegation arrives and is greeted by Saren and Burke. They speak to the First Eunuch about the absence of the Eater, and where Hull is. Saren recounts what has happened with Hulad. Wither awakes Udanas, and the wraith pesters him to go to the citadel. Wither urges him to serve Rulad and to become indispensable, and the wraith reminds Udanas of Menandere's assault. Udanas comes to the citadel, and sees Rulad as emperor. He warns them of the Letheri. He is sent to fetch them. When the delegation has arrived, they are surprised by Rulad's ascension. Han and Mozag, and the prince begin to argue about the seal harvesting, but the first eunuch requests the discussion's end for the night. After the Lethari leave, Troll feels shattered. Rulad calls his brother Fear forward and asks to be gifted a wife. Rulad wishes to take his brother's betrothed, Mayen, as his own. Fear gives up, and Mayen accepts with horror. Troll believes the Eater are beginning to fall. Udinas tells Saren, then, about what has happened. That Brulad is a tyrant. And that she ought to tell the Leathery people to prepare for war.
0: Oh, oh, oh! A little egg on your face there, India Jones! <laughs> Look who's sitting all there like, oh, oh, isn't R- R- Rulad's acting all cool. Why is up all in his business? It just seems like this whole Mayan thing is no big deal, you know, like. Did I say and that? And then look. Yes. Com- yes. Yeah. yeah. That is almost word for word what you said. Now come to the Citadel. Look inside. Look what happens. You know, how are you feeling about Rulad Singal right now, ma'am?
2: Well. I also said that I didn't feel bad in chapter nine when he had the coins on him. So initially, and then I did feel bad, but then I read this and I was fricking livid. Oh, so pissed. Um, so pissed.
0: Why, why are you pissed?
2: He's such a shit. He's such a shit. He is so much worse than he was like before it was like, you know, kid brother being a little asshole, but now Stop.
1: that was stop. You are saying the equivalent of I was cool with this kid when he was like, I'm gonna murder people and then he did it and like what a fucking it's so out of left field. <sighs> no, that's not so true. Someone says they're, all they're gonna do they're all murderers.
2: <laughs> Wait. God. No. First of all, he was like, you know, just like, no, like I'm I'm gonna, but like, you know, when people are like, I'm gonna do it, but then they don't do it. So I was like in that vibe. But also, we can't we can't pretend That this whole crippled God situation is not also, you know, really affecting this decision. He's just a, he's a lost little boy. Never got any freaking praise. Crippled God was like, listen, I got you. And now he's doing like, I'm not surprised. He's just very weak minded, but such a shit. Oh my God. I felt so bad. But also fear you fucking, oh, i was so angry. You're so dumb. Why would you say, okay, this whole thing makes no sense. It makes no sense. Fear is dumb. Mm. Fear should have said no. They should have chopped off his hand when they had the chance, if they could. Don't know what would have happened. All I know is that this happened way too fast, way too fast. And now it's like, okay, well, we have to go to war now. So everybody, he, he has the sword that we don't know what it does. We have no idea what the sword is, but he says that he's the emperor now. So I guess we all got to listen. Like You all can explain to me. That's my question to you. How does that make sense? I
1: want to say that in some way I do agree with India I I feel like the book has been setting us up that like oh, you know uh they're a very like the the organization of the tribes, the Tisty eater is is very you know traditional and all this stuff but I agree with India I do feel like they went from A to B they went from A to n really really quickly I, okay. I i agree with you india i like the fact that i i guess it's tough because their leader kneeled second or first whichever like it was, i can't remember it was second fear was first yes like i get that like watching your leader kneel i guess because because you gotta remember india i guess now i'm trying to convince myself and you at the same time uh hanan mosag at this up till this point is like the single most powerful eater to have yeah. existed in quite a while. Like the fact that he, like, bound a fucking god. And I guess, like, if I knew that, if I knew someone that bound a god and he was like, I'm fucking with this dude, I guess I'm now also not fucking with the other dude because <laughs> I don't have a god it's that fair. I can control. I guess maybe that's what it is. I don't know. It that's is weird fair. to me because they're so, I don't know, the Tisti in other books are so honor fucking bound. Like it seems crazy that none of them are like, No. They're all like, hmm. Like they yeah, they, just... they bow quick. I don't know. It's it's strange.
0: Inge, I basically understand what you're saying. I don't uh, uh, because definitely where we go from the start of chapter 9 to the end of chapter 11 is like there's a big Mm -hmm. change, right? I recognize recognize what you're saying. But the reason I actually think it really caused no problems I don't really care about it uh, is because I really believe that it's since this section is so centered on these characters Do I mean, I really believe that Rulad ends up where he goes in chapter 11 and the same goes with Troll and fear. Do I mean? I follow these characters there 100. So it's not for me. I I, the reason I I don't bounce off it at all is because I don't think it's like a question of like, oh well, would the eater do this? Blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, I like Rulad would do this, and I believe this is what would happen. And like, I feel so in the room when when this whole conversation is going on, and then when Rulad kind of mm, ascends to use that word. AJ, what did you,
3: what do you make of India's thought? And what did you make of this um, scene? <clears throat> uh, I do think I'm in the same boat. Like, I, I don't know. It's complicated. Cause last episode I was so soft on Rulan. <laughs> Um, For, like, <laughs> you know, wanting to I save his brothers and be noticed and blah, told blah, blah. You guys. Um, and I do think that's still true. But I do also think that the crippled god noticed the, you know, his, his fatal, uh, Rulad's fatal weakness and super took advantage of it to be like, oh, okay, well, I can turn this person into a crazy, you know, dictator ruler if I just give him a cool sword. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I initially in my notes said that I have no more sympathy for Rulad. I feel really bad. But now, thinking more about it, I do think it's more the cripple gods doing and less Rulad just being himself. Because I, I don't know.
2: I agree. I agree.
3: Yeah. But I mean, all the Mayan stuff, that shit, that fucking sucks. That shit sucks so bad. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, you
2: know, yeah. Fear <laughs> no. should have said no. Well, Mayan should have said no.
3: Yeah, I mean, scary sword.
2: I get it. I I'm get it.
1: Cu- I'm curious if like if Fear says no. I mean, Fear's like the strongest like physical eater. I, do you think? that like Rulad cuts him down like do you th- i don't know
2: no i think that he ties him to a to the water and leaves him there to die <laughs> that's
3: true yeah yeah i don't know because because at the end of that that whole scene um Roulade, like sits down and is like worn out just from yeah. standing so <laughs> i don't i honestly i think all of it was just kind of posturing and if, if so fear heavy had, if fear had said no Rulad would have been fucked <laughs>
1: That's what I'm saying. I think fear could have probably taken him.
0: Yeah. It is worth noticing the man stuff technically happens later on, but I kind of feel like we're kind of just talking about the whole... Oh, yeah. Rulad part of it. And I just want to say, you know, I know what you're saying, but I feel like it's, you know, like the crippled god obviously came to him because Rulad, as you were saying, is like kind of a broken character in the first place. Like he's so insecure Mm, and like he obviously feels um unsure of himself wants to prove himself like he's like it's all stuff having to do with being this younger brother and um i don't know obviously it's like consuming him and i think it's interesting you bring up him falling down not falling down but obviously being so exhausted and something I really love to touch back in on it is how clear the coins on him is like a physical thing. Yeah. And like reading about his body makes me in pain. I'm yes. like, man, yeah, this sound like this is I don't know. He is
3: suffering. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's one part where he like yells at Troll or something and then it's just like a coin fell off his face. I was like, oh, God, yeah.
2: <laughs> he like put his arm out. And yeah, <laughs> it sucks. sucks. Oh, yeah, it
3: was, it, 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 it's hard to read. Yeah. Um, one thing I oh, really well. do love, and then we can move on, Pete, if you'd like, but one thing I really do love is how weak Rulad seems when they're bringing him into the Citadel and then how immediately, like, the Warlock King's like, hey, give me the sword, and he just stands up and just like, no! Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, immediately is like, I'm your king now! Um, it
2: made no sense. It
3: was w- it was so a wild say. turnaround. What do you mean it made no sense?
2: I. It just, he starts screaming in pain. Why is the pain gone? Because you can see now? Like, because... Because I, now I to imagine, used to your skin? No, I if imagine anything... The, the cripple guy... Like, I don't know. Whatever. I, I can't make sense of this. I don't... <laughs> it's. I, I understand. I understand that it, it makes yeah. sense. I'm saying this in quotations. <laughs> but it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. But yeah. I'm just saying from my perspective, I really... I can't wrap my head around it. But I, I will. I, but I can't.
0: I will say, Ange, I know you're like bringing this other point up, but you do seem kind of, ups- you know, you seem emotionally upset about Roulade and that he's leading the, sun- the leading the Eater now, you know? I gotta
2: say, I gotta say, I'm really into this book now. I was saying it yesterday. I was like, well, I like it and it always happens at some point and we're mm-hmm. here, but I'm pissed. I'm pissed.
0: Yeah, you seem that's what I, that's what I guess I'm struck by. You seem like pissed at the book. Like you're you're invested. You're upset right now. Not I am like, upset. oh, I don't want to read. Like I'm a frustrated. You're like pissed at these characters and this mm-hmm. what's going on?
2: I am. I am. And and yeah, and it doesn't and and even and it's just oh, it's just such a mess. It could have all went so well, but then Rulad had to go, we'll get there. Let's just <laughs> let's
0: go. Yeah, so then uh to cut away to the outside of the citadel in this part, Josh, we uh the entourage shows up, mm-hmm. and uh, we're here hanging out, and we got, if I ever watched that TV show, I'd make an entourage joke, don't got one. <laughs> and they're all here, and they're on the beach, and they talk with Udanas, and then the kind of leads them to the hall. And this is our first foray into this uh, meeting between these two nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your first impression of how things are going and the people who came on Lethar's behalf?
1: So I was, I'm always really upset in books when there's like the cliche the cliche of like unreasonable prince boy or Mm -hmm. other royal person and like you know an entire series of events is caused by like someone sending the world's worst negotiator and i'm very happy that the first eunuch is here to just be like yo fuck this kid I will do the speaking. He's here to give this some weight. I'm here to do the mouth talking because he cannot. Uh, Yeah, I I really liked it. I just like oh the image of them being on the beach and being like the rainy soaking beach. And they're like, do you want to come back to our camp? And the prince is like, we'll hear it now as four slaves are (laughs) holding his or servants are holding his gigantic umbrella. Uh, It's so good. Um, I don't know, I it's very funny because again it brings some levity to this horrifically tense scene so I, I, I wasn't really expecting that kind of bit of humor but I, it was very I, appreciated. I agree,
0: it's a real tonal management, like we cut away and it's like a reprieve yeah. from kind of the horror of what's going on with the Singar family. And it
1: really, you know I would say I didn't think about, I didn't, I didn't really notice it much until these two chapters of just like, you know let really not fucking prepared you know what i mean like they have really set themselves up to just get absolutely decimated by having an army of exclusively poor people who like their reason for being in the army is if they are conquering they get stuff but like defending they they really ah, are they gonna put their And, and just like seeing that and seeing them like walk into the chamber with all the eater who are just like as one kneeling, like they yeah. are one body of people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there might be some split allegiances due to some things that are currently happening, but like when it comes down to it, they are eater and they do eater shit and they will go to war. I don't know. I just really, it, it really put into perspective, like how strikingly different these two cultures are.
0: Mm. I think, I think you make a really interesting contrast there, Josh. Mm hmm. And it's worth mentioning Hull has dropped off the radar.
1: They I gotta say, I don't find Hull to be as Intimidating. I would say important and also intimidating as everyone else is like, he gonna come in and fuck it up. And it's like, I mean, (laughs) but like, here's the thing. The more you say that, the more power you give him to do so. If we Mm. all just start saying like, yo, that hull dude's not really gonna do much. He is an idiot. Guess what? When we show up, when he shows up, y'all can be like, nah. But if we're over here always like, oh, so scary. Oh, what's he gonna do? He's gonna come do it. Uh, And thank you for coming to my TED Talk on the power of... Words. Words. Words.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, AJ. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of Saren's piece and what happens with the delegation. But Udonas is awoken and then he's kind of urged towards the Citadel. Yeah. And I... I and. Wither impresses upon him to go to Rulad. And I wonder what you make of uh, Udanis here and where uh, he's at as a character. Because a lot of this is about him in relationship to Rulad. But where do you
3: think he's at? And what do you think about him? Um, I think... Like, at the end of of chapter 8... I don't remember exactly what chapter it was, but the one where he's like, okay, I'm gonna kill all the Eater. We're gonna be cool. I think even... Udinas has gone through so many changes of like his personality and like thought processes and stuff in just you know the first half of this book. Um, it's wild. Like he started off as just like yeah, you know, I'm just kind of chilling. I'm a I, I'm I mean not chilling. He's a slave, but you know. Don't <laughs> <laughs> You know, not not like really strong opinions on much stuff. And then he gets possessed and then he's like, "Okay, I'm going to kill the eater. And now it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like I I feel like the introduction of uh, God King Rulad has really thrown (laughs) a wrench in everything. (laughs) Like everything that we've known or thought about all of these characters has kind of gone out the window because now it's just like they're all trying to figure out how they fit into Emperor Rulad's kingdom. You know, yeah. Um, it's so interesting, and and I, I do really, and I, I do really like uh, how Udinas is like playing into it because he shows up, and Rula's like, ah, yes, you heard my my call, and yeah. he, he he lies and is like, yeah, I did, like just just <laughs> to 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 show feel or uh, to, yeah to show fealty, you know, immediately without having to like he didn't even have to kneel or anything. You know, mm-hmm. no. it's like, oh, you heard me. And he's like, yes, I definitely I sure did. I'm here because of you. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think it's 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 really cool. It's neat. I love Udinas as a character. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm excited to talk more about him. And then I the do, chapter ends of what? Sorry, I did just want to ask when we see Udinas first, is he trying to kill himself or is he just standing in the water and then like falls because he gets dragged out of the water by a rival? I think he kind of just... I think he's letting himself just go.
0: Yeah, okay. I, my uh, my impression was he was not, like, maybe contemplating it. I don't think he was. it was an attempt.
3: Okay, because I, I, I didn't I, think I, it was either until the, the Wival showed up and, like, dragged him, you know, up the shore or whatever, and now he has those bruises on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, was just, I just wanted the clarification there. I wasn't... Fully...
0: I don't know. I mean, it's definitely... I thought about that too, but I also think there it was maybe more using the sea as a metaphor as it's been throughout the book, so... um, Ah, okay. But the chapter ends... uh, I don't know know if you know,
1: AJ, I don't know if you know, this book's called Midnight Tides. Whoa! It's a lot of lot of. Like, I believe he was in the
0: sea, but I just think it was for more of those reasons then. Anyway, so the chapter ends with kind of, of course... (laughs) Udonis is like, hey, Saren, the Lothari should prepare for war like where it's going to happen, you know, and it's kind of building into what's going to happen. And, and book three and four are coming upon us. You know, we're about at a halfway point. And Angie, I know you said you uh, are feeling good about the book, but I wonder if you had any thoughts you want, other uh, thoughts you want to share at this halfway point and maybe some predictions going into the second half of the book.
2: Um, First, I'd like to start this with a question. Okay. So at one point, what is his name? Hulad. Tells Udinas, mm-hmm.
1: which Alaska. which AJ pointed out. There's a Rulad and a Hulad, and what are we doing?
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, dude, I, Inge, I was like, are you talking about Rulad? How did you forget the character's name? And then I forgot there's a whole Hulad. What this book, baby? This <laughs> sometimes, Steve. Sometimes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Feather Witch can't read the tile thing. Yes. The holds are closed. Because the holds are closed. Yes. Have we ever discussed (laughs) (laughs) spooky, the holds? And so we talked, so I don't know what episode it was, but we were talking about how the houses, the the Azath, Azath houses and the holds are different and not at all related. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark.
3: yes. Jesus, yeah. Because
2: (laughs) it seems a little fishy that the tower is dead and the holds are closed i don't know yeah, i didn't it, even make that india, connection
1: shit i didn't make that connection either i i have i've given up <laughs> the way i see it I is
2: like there is likely no connection but also then why are you doing this yeah,
1: yeah. india i the way i'm at right now is at some point steve will give me all the information and then i guess i'll figure it out until then there is no need for me to waste time in my life pondering the connection it so will be revealed annoying. eventually
2: it's so, okay, well. Or if it isn't,
1: then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have to square up, you know? I understand,
2: yeah, yeah, I'll join you in squaring up. Thank hmm. you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, okay, fine, whatever. Peter, can you answer that question or no? Can you just, like, say no if it's no? All right, I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so going forward... I have a feeling that they're. I, I mean, like, I don't know. Is there going to be a war? I guess. If so, I'm not looking forward to it, unless it's going to be like good. But if it's like you know, read from Saren's perspective, I'm just going to not <laughs> even bother. <laughs> um, so I'm expecting. I don't know. Uh, I feel like Troll is going to be like, "Fuck you, Rulad," and I don't know what's going to happen there. I just. I'm. I have no idea. Everything's changed. I have no opinion. I have no perspective. Where does a crippled God come back into this? I don't know. Mm-hmm. He has to, doesn't he? What does the sword do? Just keep <laughs> you alive when you die? So many questions. I just have yeah. questions more than anything. I have no idea where it's going. I, I don't know. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I, uh... Josh, closing ha- thoughts on this first half of the book and any predictions going into the second half.
1: Uh, I'm hot on midnight tides. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And I feel like if there is... I feel like there's not enough time for a full war between the leather and Eater unless that war is decided in, like, one pivotal moment. (laughs) So I guess that could happen. I don't know what that moment would be, though. More importantly, I'm excited to know why it's important that the canal has lots of bodies in it. And I can't wait to figure all that shit out.
3: (laughs) AJ? Uh... Yeah, I, I am also very curious as to what Troll is going to do to wind up getting tied to the posts. Psh, I don't know, man. I, I I do think there is a war coming, probably. Uh, I mean, it, all signs point to yes. And I just keep thinking, like, well, <laughs> what is a war between the, the Empire, quote unquote, of the Ticed Eater and the Lethary people look like, because all the lethery people that we've interacted with are just like, you know, it's the Beddock brothers who are just God like a bunch it. of fucking uh. goofballs. But then I was thinking Udenas is also a lethery and he's got uh wither on his side. He's got all those shadow wraiths and stuff. So I don't know if something's going to happen there. If, if a war, if slash when a war breaks out, I, I don't know, man. I, I, can, I am enjoying reading I... this book though. I'm excited to read more.
1: Can I just say, it just occurred to me that Steve's back on his bullshit. We have another empire. That's all he wants to do is write about <laughs> imperial shit. And of course, I've just now put two and two together that, and you can't be an empire without expansion and taking shit over. So like, yeah, I, I guess they gonna.
3: Yeah. Ugh. Yeah.
0: I actually would really love to talk about imperialism and colonialism in this book. I think it's a really interesting part of it. And it's definitely a, a, a really different reflection of it as compared to talking about Malazan imperialism and colonialism do you mean so but we're we're a bit we're we're in the end of the fourth quarter here football and um <laughs> fuck you b- but before <laughs> we go quick we got just a quick you know only short answer aj brother zone
3: number one brother for the week oh <sighs> troll i guess i i i honestly i don't know so much shit heck? happened i i i liked reading the talk. josh yeah
0: josh brother bear who's your brother bear for the week fucking Rulad, baby taking
3: the goddamn yeah, reins right. I, I didn't know if saying Rulad would be too controversial no <laughs> mine's Rulad too okay. Rulad
0: is like emerges onto this like in these chapters he emerges onto the stage with the spotlight on do you mean yes. like it's like oh yeah this character's in the fucking book baby yeah you know he has just taken
1: his uh end of act one villain solo yes. in a in a musical
0: <laughs> yeah india brother of the week for power
2: moves obviously Rulad however <laughs> mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. much hatred so much hatred so for my loved brother of the week I'd have to say Teho crushed it mm. love him so much more yeah. for no reason other obviously, than he's hilarious
3: obviously he's a
0: bit more good vibes
3: than Rulad yeah. I know, isn't
2: <laughs> a bit yeah.
3: um, before Pete we, we close everything I, I do just want I would like to read the, the last few lines of chapter 11 because we've been talking we all just said Rulad's our brother of the week um, and I <laughs> love it think, baby read me a good quote I love a quote yeah so so like I said earlier Rulad really did throw a wrench into everything and now all the characters are kind of uh, rethinking their place in this world and stuff um, and so Udenas is standing in the rain after uh, seeing Saren Padak um, and he says there was no meaning to be found in lifeless weather in the pulsing of tides and in the wake of turning seasons no meaning to living and dying either the tyrant was clothed in gold and the future smelled of blood. It meant nothing. Mm. Just what like, meant nothing? Mm. Nothing. No, an- anything. Good. No, no, no things mean anything. The weather isn't symbolizing anything. The, the tides don't symbolize anything. Life and death also means nothing. Like just Rulad has come and just fucked everything. Nobody knows anything. Everything means it, it all means nothing. It's just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> It's so good. Um,
0: shout
2: out to Steve.
3: So, yeah, shout outs to
0: Steve. <laughs> yeah, obviously, right? Yeah. This fucking book, baby. Right. This fucking book.
2: No, it's really good. It's really, yeah. really good. Yeah, it
0: is. All right, but let's uh, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Of course, next week, uh, uh, 10 very big books, Gmail, Twitter, let us know what you think of the show, and uh, ex- always excited to hear from you and um aj in the outro and next week we're reading chapters 12 13 14 and 15 and uh look forward to hearing you then you know it's been a long time uh i say come you say
3: passion come
0: passion
3: all right see you on the next one Hello, everybody. Producer AJ here, endlessly editing podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. Uh, As always, you can let us know your thoughts about this and all of our other episodes on Twitter at 10 Very Big Books or via email at 10VeryBigBooks at gmail.com. If you'd like to join the conversation on Discord, you can head on over to bit.ly slash VBB Discord and join everyone there. It's a really wonderful community. Uh, We have channels for every episode. We have channels for interests, we have channels for you to share pictures of your pets or other cute animals or food that you're making or that have you have bought. It's it's a really great time. Uh, so again, that's uh, bit.ly slash vbb discord. That's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D, discord. That link will also be in the show notes. Big shout-outs this week to all of our patrons over on our Patreon. We have now officially passed $500 a month after Patreon takes their cut, uh, which means we can finally start saving to buy better equipment, uh, for buying books in the future, for paying us all a little bit. It's all very cool stuff. So uh, also keep an eye out on our Patreon over the next couple of weeks, maybe month. Uh, Eventually there will be another post about what we are able to do with everything that we are earning. Uh, Thank you. Thanks to all of your generous donations. So like we said in the show, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, If you'd like to check out our Patreon, you can visit the link in our show notes or head on over to patreon.com slash 10 very big books and as always thank you so very much to dan geserich for making our spectacular logo you can follow him on twitter at dan Gezerick for a tweet about kicking and of course the wonderful music in today's episode is by the one and only amaranthon from their album simulant rain which you can find along with their other music on bandcamp.com links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books will be back in two weeks on january 1st 2021 with chapters 12, 13, 14 and 15 of Midnight Tides. I'll talk to you then and thank you so much for listening.
0: Udanas see <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why?
0: Udanas 2 sees Rulai's course. No, no,
3: it's Udinas.
0: I thought I was, I legit thought I was saying it, Steve's way. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: just, I can't even the difference. Udinas. Just look at how it's spelled. Udonas. Udonas. No, Udinas. Just look at how it's spelled.
0: Udinas. Udinas. There you go.